0: for March twenty eighth, two thousand and twenty, today uh, we're gonna read from a favorite passage of mine. Uh, there's a longer passage, but we'll just read the uh, we'll just read the the short version that Bergman has in here. But if you have time to read Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, uh, some really cool stuff there. And all of us with unveiled faces sing the glory. Of the Lord, as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Uh, so this passage is is in the bit midst of a bigger passage. First thing you need to know about um, Corinthians is Corinthians is written to the church in Corinth, and uh, probably the best descriptor of Corinth is it's kind of like the Las Vegas of uh, the Apostle Paul's day. I've heard it described that way before. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the church at Corinth. In fact, um, Brueggemann comments this. He says, imagine ordinary people arguing about sexuality and money and leadership and how to be faithful. Can you imagine that? I mean, so much has changed, right? Um, a little sarcasm there from Bergemann. On that point but the the larger context of this passage is that um, Paul is talking about when Moses would come down the mountain and meeting with God and Moses face would glow and Moses would put a veil over his face and it wasn't to protect the people from the glory of God it was so that they couldn't see when the glory was fading and so Paul is getting at this argument that if that old covenant came with so much glory But the glory was fading. How much more will this covenant in Jesus' blood come with glory? A glory that is not fading. And so Brueggemann gets to the point here. He says um, that that in the midst of this kind of sinful culture uh, that the Corinthians find themselves, at their very core, the core of their existence is this implosion of God's holiness that reshapes and redefines everything. What counts, finally, is that the incursion of God's holiness touches our lives and our life together, the way we live together, or else it doesn't really matter at all. In other words, if what God's work is doing in our lives doesn't affect our lives, but also the way we live with other people, then it's really probably not holiness. Uh, John Wesley would say, um, there is no holiness but social holiness. In other words, the way we live together will be affected by, when we are encounter this holy God and we will begin to reflect the Lord's glory uh, as this passage says that's our, our youth ministry's theme um, my youth pastor back when my kids were, were younger uh, Brent Green named it that and and we have uh, loved that name it's a uh, it's a theme that we want to be those who reflect God's glory and my son Nathan has kind of picked that up now as Brent's working with our young adults is also keeping that whole theme alive because we believe that holiness shapes the way we live. And so how then do we experience this holiness? How do we experience this glory? Well, Brueggemann says that Paul wants, first of all, to keep Christians at Corinth connected to Jesus as the decisive point of their life. So he says just before this, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. That's the confidence that we have, Paul says, is that we who with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord, reflect God's glory. So it's in in our connection to Jesus, then, that holiness invades our lives. Um, Because in Jesus, the full holiness of God has been shown to us uh, in Jesus' life on earth. When Jesus came to earth, the holiness of God literally touched down here in human life. So the church, then, Brueggemann says, keeps its faith by remembering the decisiveness of Jesus. So it's Jesus' life and Jesus' example and Jesus' living and trust in God, Uh, Jesus' dependence on God all the way uh, from his first temptation, the baptism of Jesus through his whole ministry, and even as a child, we see Jesus depending on God in the temple, being in the temple, and his parents can't find him. But throughout his ministry, all the way down to his death, when he even says before he's crucified, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And so <clears throat> Brigham and closes with this idea. Christians sort these matters out around Jesus because we tend to be endlessly seduced by imagining that the glory can be found in our technology although i'm thankful for technology today cuz it's keeping us connected that god's glory could be found in our brightness in our achievement in our power in our wealth or in, even just in our loveliness how pretty we are or in our fitness no 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 he says it is found in the face in the body and the life in the story of the one who suffers in the world, with the world, and for the world. So today, um, in the midst of a culture that sometimes looks a little bit like the Corinthian culture, where Bergman says, can we imagine people arguing over sexuality and money and power? Yes, we can. Um, the call then is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who, whose life invading us can make us holy and can help us to reflect that glory of God in the world, even in these days, and maybe even especially in these days, that we could reflect the glory of God in the world by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by seeing that Jesus is the one who makes us holy. Not all of our uh, technology or ingenuity or uh, all the things that we tend to think will make us someone in the world. Um, It's the holiness of God, the transformation of God from within that makes us look a lot like God. Um, I was thinking about that this week. Um, I'm praying that as a pastor, uh, I don't just change my programs at church with programs online. In other words, I feel like God is calling me in these days to be more and more dependent on Him, trusting Him with His church, being ready to, to meet needs when they're there, but not even in the midst of this trying to show everyone how great we are at community or wherever you find yourself, Um, but relying more and more on God for our source and our strength and our salvation. So as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, uh, let's trust God with God's church. Let's be ready to be obedient when he calls us and let's live in ways that look a lot like Jesus because that's when holiness is really on display. Brueggemann says, In Jesus Christ, this is your prayer for today. In Jesus Christ, your holiness has touched down in human life, remarking and reordering our values and expectations. Keep us restless and hope-filled and alive in the world and for the world. Amen. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation.